So welcome to another edition of Lockdown Football. The name is definitely going to change because less countries are in lockdown. The Premier League kicks off tomorrow. So it's basically Christmas Eve for you. Happy Christmas. Uh, Will Downing with you along with Mark Rodden, Dimitris Juli and Stefan Gioni as usual. And big managerial news today because Punjab FC in India have a new boss and it's our old friend Curtis Fleming. Uh, well done. The buck stops with you now, Curtis. Yes, it does. It's fantastic to hear it. I don't think it's, it seems like a, you want to bring on the pain, but I have for a while, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's um, it's a long way from home, uh, but it's a fantastic opportunity and a fantastic project that, that I'm getting a chance to manage. Um, and it's only it's in, it's in its infancy, so it's something that we can build up as well, you know, so you're not going into something that, you know, you've got to go break down and, and go again. We can start from the bottom and work up. So it's been a... a a great, you know, few months for me, really. And it's your second season, having been in a slightly different position last year. Yes, yes. I went over kind of knowing I was going to be head coach, but we were only buying the club, so I was waiting around. But in that time, the the owner and the technical director, who I know well, was saying, you know, it gives you a great chance to kind of gauge the standards, have a look at players for next season have a look at the infrastructure that we need to improve on um, and kind of just get more of a professional kind of slant on things um, about what we need because the infrastructure is no doubt needs work in, in India but with, with the negatives of that it gives you a chance to build what you need and then the other way it, it, uh, it gives you players and people that as soon as you start making it better they'll be absolutely blown away with it. So the last few years in India, there's been the I-League that you're involved in with Punjab. And obviously there's been the uh, Indian Super League as well, which is a bit newer. So you've it's a bit like the World Darts. You've got two uh, contrasting bodies, both crowning the national champion. So so how's that going? Well, it's it's going OK. They, they've just It's just happened in India that they, they, they all got together and they, they, they organised a pathway for Indian football over the next few years. The AFC, which is huge for them, uh, gives you Champions League spots. And they had to play kind of knockout tournaments and stuff like that to, 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 for one of the clubs to get there. But what they've done now is they've made the ISL, which is like the IPL, if anyone's into cricket. It's all razzmatazz, it's got bigger, it's it's all singing, all dancing. And uh, and in the I-League, the funny thing is the, the ISL's been going seven, six or seven years and the O League over 120 years, so uh, someone had to something had to give. The OSL have taken that Premier League spot. The O League have gone kind of championship. So that's where I am. But at the end of the day, at least we know where we are, and we know where we have to progress to. Now there were a few weeks left in the season when it all ended uh, back in March. There were about four weeks left to go, and you were in joint second alongside East Bengal. It was Mohun Bagan who ended up being the champions, and they are playing in the group stage of the AFC Cup. But it, it looked like a really good season then. Yes, it was a good season, and, and, and probably hence why I didn't get into my position quick enough. You know, I, I couldn't because it was it was going nip and tuck all the way, and it was one of those leagues. Mohun Bagan were a very good team. Um, they brought in a lot of players, um, uh, foreign players. They spent a, f- a few quid and, and they were doing well. They played some real good stuff. They had a Spanish coach who's just gone now and taken over Carol Blasters. So uh, he got a job from that. But Moan began, uh, I love you. Know, I like, you know, uh, you want you like to know, Will, sorry, uh, some little bits and pieces. But the winners of the I-League have amalgamated this season with the winners of the ISL. 
So Moan began and ATK have joined together uh, for next season. So there's a bit of bedlam about that, about what the name's going to be and uh, what they're going to do. So Bakilna, then, who was the manager of Moan began, ended up having to go and find a job. Um, but they did a good job. He did a great job and he's found his way. So Moan began won't be in the league next year. They wouldn't have got promoted. They've, they've amalgamated with ATK. So there's quite a bit of money in Indian football, as we've seen, and they've attracted some incredible names across over the past few seasons, the ISL included. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think um, even even I was surprised because I was working in, in, in England. Like in, I think when you're at first team level in England, it's kind of 24-7. You kind of forget about the rest of the world. You forget what's happening because it's like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and you think, well... And then when you when I've gone over to India, the amount of players that went over, David James was managing there, Robbie Robbie Keane was there, Del Piero was there, you know, some some absolute Roberto Carlos was uh, manager at uh, Delhi Dynamos when they when they were were going. They've changed the name now to Odisha. So um, there's huge huge names who went in. Matarazzi as well was there. He managed for a couple of seasons. So huge names that got in. Um, to, to build the, the, the product and now I think they're really concentrating on um, bringing their own players through not as foreigner based uh, the teams and not on spend trying to educate the coaches and, and get the players you know to be better so they can go up the rankings they brought in uh, Igor Stimac uh, the Croatian uh, centre back the player that played against him when he was at Derby and he's come in and uh, again he's spoken very well and he's uh He's, he's taken by the scruff of the neck over there and said we need to really give these Indian players a chance because I see as well like there's loads of people who you would have dealt with in English football who have been there Owen Coyle has been there with Chennai but also Steve Koppel has been there in the past year John Gregory Phil Brown so you're talking about Premier League managers oh yeah there's no doubt about it and I, I think they've been surprised and loved it when they've gone over there um, I went and had a cup of tea with Coyle um, which was great just before they, they, they played the, final, the semi-final against uh, Goa, who were flying in the season and they beat them again. He came in and he, he got them second from bottom into the playoff positions. It was, it was an unbelievable job he did, uh, Coyle. And it was good to pick his brain, really, on the standards and, and what facilities they had and what he thought needed improving and stuff. So, to be fair, we could have been anywhere. We could have been sat in a tea shop in, in Grafton Street or... In the, in the middle of uh, Goa, we were sat having a, a cup of tea. If you had said to me a year ago, we meet now, Coyle having a cup of tea in Goa, I think probably would have had you know, a few more Guinness than you should have. But, uh, but it was great and it was good to catch up with them. Um, and I've spoken to a couple of lads who've been over there and, uh, and they've all been raving about it. As I said, you know, you, just different things need, you need to, to get used to the the kind of the, the the living conditions and stuff. You're in a fantastic hotel, and sometimes you come out. There's a lot of poverty, and I don't think if you're used to it and you've got a little bit faint-hearted, I don't think you would. Uh, it might affect you a little bit more. And you managed just to leave the country in time before the shutdown in India. Maybe one of the last flights out. Uh, the season obviously ended early. It did, and very luckily, and I think. Uh, the kids probably wouldn't have thanked them because we've had to do their bedrooms. <laughs> I'm right on them. They were they were hoping I missed the flight, but uh, no, no. Honestly, um, it was uh, it was very uh, it was it was it was touch and go whether we got out because um, the prime minister at the time Modi just kind of shut the shut the borders. But we'd heard the day before that maybe 
it may be happening. So they said, just be ready. So it was literally, we were in the office at 10 and I was on a flight at four. And they just said, we've booked you a flight, get yourself away, which was brilliant. And again, the uh, living in England and that the NHS is getting a lot of plaudits. There isn't a big NHS in India. So I think uh, I wouldn't have liked to be stuck there for that amount of time. And basically, over the past three months then, what's it been like for you day-to-day in a football basis, or just everyday life? Probably like you. I think, you know, I, I, I'm not the most high-tech. I want a ball under my arm and a whistle around my neck and a pad and off I go. And uh, I do my work and I, and I love it and it gives me the balls and stuff. And now I'm on Zoom calls. Um, never heard of a Zoom call in my life. And now it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of literally getting up in the morning. I'm waking up in the middle of the night shouting Zoom. What time? It's a four and a half hour di- uh, time difference. So a lot of our meetings are uh, five in the morning uh, here in the UK, five, half, five, six. Then we have one at seven or eight and stuff. So um, it's been different that way. But I think it's like anything when you're going into something new and it's yours and you're looking forward to it. It's giving me a chance to to get everything sorted and try and get prepared. And, and I've told the lads, I had a Zoom call today with, with 18 lads and I had a psychologist um, speaking to them um, because they had never had that. And I just sports psychologist and I just thought, let's try and integrate a little bit, a little bit of thoughts and, and stuff like that. So in ways, you know, you, you're good that you can't be there, but in other ways, it's, it's broad my horizons anyway to, to coaching and what you can achieve by sat in the house. All right, boys. Yeah, uh, Curtis, this is Stefan. Uh, basically, uh, I used to cover the Indian Super League for Fox Sports and ESPN, would you believe, in French, you know, wow. so there you go. So, sure. yeah, I covered that for a few few years, and uh, I know, like, uh, Terry Phelan was in charge of KR Blasters for a while. Yes. He covered Pete Taylor when he was sacked, and uh, he was in charge of the academy in KR Blasters. Did you, did you talk to him uh, about, you know, the... Uh, Indian footballer so far? Do you no, have- I, I didn't because I didn't have a number for him. And uh, I was laughing because I knocked on the TV, Stefan, one of the evenings, and he does the local, he does a big football program there. Um, I, I know it's called Behind the Net or something like that. And he does it with a guy called Mark Seagraves, who used to play for Bolton. Uh, I think he started off at Liverpool and went to Bolton. And I didn't even know they were there. If I had to pick someone that wasn't going to be doing TV programs like that, I would have picked Terry. He was my roommate a couple of times at the Ireland squad, and he was like, you know, and I'm thinking, he, he, you know, he'll end up diving on someone on the, on a, on a, in, in the studio. But uh, he seemed to love it over there, um, and he's one of the guys. I didn't have his number, and I didn't chase him up on it really. When I got over, I'd spoken to a few, and uh, I didn't. And it's amazing where people find themselves. And you know, I mean, one of the, um, you know, Steve Coppel or. Taylor, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, the quality of the, the players. I'm talking about the Indian players because they they need, you know, to have, I think, with seven players on the on the starting lineup. And uh, will it be exactly the same case for you? There's regulations in terms of the number of Indian players to be in the score, to, in the starting lineup? But it's very good, uh, Stefan. It's a great question because I think it's really at the kicking off in India about the amount of foreign players that they've had. I think the ISL was going to be affected this year, but because a lot of them signed two-year contracts, and I think it was the first time that the ISL have really been giving people two-year and three-year contracts. So they're stuck with people. They've always been a kind of a year. They go, then they get another couple of marquee players in. So we've been, um, we were allowed five plus one last season. So it was five foreign players plus one Asian player, which was six foreigners really. But you could have seven or eight. But they just had to sit in the stand and you could do that. But this season it's three and one. 
and you're only allowed three. You're only allowed three foreign players and one Asian foreign player. So that's going to make a huge difference. Um, Stimac has come out and said uh, he got a bit of stick because they weren't scoring goals. And he said, look at all the top teams. Look at the two leagues. He says, and tell me he has an Indian striker who's playing there. He said, you've got a big African boy, you've got two Spanish midfielders and you've got two big houses at the back. And then they head it and kick it. And then you bring you bring them off and then you bring someone else on. And he said, don't have a go at me if you just want to make big change. And he nearly got it through the ISL uh, this season, but they've put the foot down and said, we've given enough players contra- uh, contracts. So it's going to be a big year this year for them, Stefan. And, you know, changing a little bit with Nicola Nelka because he was in charge for a while on the, um, one of the Indian Super League team. He was saying, yes. you know, one of the struggle and the challenge was the Indian players development in terms of the tactical side of it and technically as well. There was a huge gap to fill and uh, you feel like, you know, it's going to be one of your main challenges, you know, going forward. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. I, I think what's happened is they've had this real culture of uh, it seemed to be kick and rush, if you know what I mean, and all about winning. Everyone's winning, so I went to see a few underage games. Um, we, we we had under 13 teams, under 15 and under 18. We've got age groups all the way through, but they're the three national age groups that they play at. And we went to a couple of games, and we saw Odisha play, who were uh, an ISL team. And they sat back, and they had a goal. goal the goalkeeper couldn't kick it far enough, so they had to send the back coming back to take the goal kicks and smashing it. Do you know what I mean? And we had, I think, I think we had about probably 65, 70% possession and we lost it. We lost the game 1-0 and all the coaches got around at the end and we were all buzzing. We were saying, wow, you played so well. You got, we played through the thirds, the goalkeeper took chances, we got runners up and people were shocked, Stefan. They were saying, but you lost. And we were like, yeah, but we're developing. We're developing. You know what's that wing got you? Jump up and down for a minute, and and then. But they seemed like they they thought they'd won the, the Champions League, and we were like absolutely buzzing because we thought they've played the way we want to play, and I think we have to bring that in as an Elka probably did. Why why every time the goalkeeper gets it, our lads initially ran to the halfway line and we're like, where are you going? <laughs> Where are you going? The keeper has it. And I'm like, this. I'm like going on, where are you going? A striker's probably two foot two. And we're thinking, what are we going to do? You know, smash it up. So I think it's something that we've got to bring in. Um, and, and I think, you know, when, you know, Nicholas and Elka, you know, you talk about technique and, and tactics, you know, he's played at top, top level <laughs> and, uh, and would know all that. But we've got to start somewhere. The one thing I would say is the players are so hungry so hungry to learn and so hungry to, to get on and we're working at a club where the, the academy's coming for us and we're going to bring players through and we're going to say to them you want to come through you, you, you can play it's not if you're six foot two and you can kick it 50 yards you better want to go and play and get on the ball so I think um, we will we will do that and I think it's edging its way in there Stefan because people are looking and thinking how are you going to get up the rankings and, and just sorry, but just in terms of you know the um, joining the club Punjab and uh, is it you know your role is refocusing really on the first team, but also maybe you know the academy and 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 the younger you know, teams. Like you know, if you want to implement your style of you know new style to the first team, you want to be cascaded to the uh, underage team as well. Yes, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I think there has to be a philosophy, and there has to be a pathway. Um, 
Which again, and sometimes I think people think they're buzzwords. You know, people come out and keep saying, you've got to play through the thirds and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And then when it comes to winning the game, they smash it and get everyone up behind it. And then after the game, they tell you how they played through the third and you're thinking, well, that's not what I've seen. So I think that is something that we have to implement. Now, I find the biggest problem with that is patience, isn't it? And time. It's patience and time. And is football renowned for that, Stefan? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, it, it, it isn't. But at the end of the day, that's that's uh, my remit. And that's what we're doing. I'm looking to sign players who want to play. I look, uh, that's what I, I've, I've uh, talked to a few players. I've been, you know, because we've got Instat and Y Scout going through players, getting some of them on and speaking to them and stuff like that. My biggest thing is they want to play. We're going to integrate a few of the younger 18s who... Again, we played at the end of the season. They had a reserve team, Will. They never had a real reserve league. Hmm. So we played ATK in a reserve game. But the reserve team is a reserve team. So it's, it's like they hired them for that, Stefan. So you're thinking, hold on. So where are they going? Are they good enough to play here? Or where are the 18s going? You know, where are the 18s going? There's nowhere for them to go because they had 20, 20 lads or 18 lads stuck here in the reserves. So I've knocked that on the head. And I said, my reserve team next year will be hungry 18s who want to go and some first team lads who aren't playing week in, week out. Like it's always been. And then they can learn from them and these guys have something to aim for. But I think it's been that structured. Oh, we won the we won the reserve league. And I'm thinking, whoa, fair play to you. Fantastic. How many have stepped up? Oh, none. But look, we've got a cup. You're going, oh, fair play to you. That's grand. I'll go down the shop and buy one of them. You know what I mean? Show me 10 or 12 players that you brought through or eight players over the last few years and maybe one of them plays for India. How about that? How does that sound? And that's what we're trying to, again, get into the mind that it's not just about the here and now. As you said, it's about five years' time, four years' time. Whether I'm there or not, let's why not start it. And, and, and I know, like, you know, you're, you're going to uh, that club, but the thing is, you know, can you bring your own staff? Are you going to uh, you work with uh, some Indian coaches? And and we know, I mean, I know for a fact that you know sometimes it can be very challenging because of you know the uh, knowledge. You know, it's, it's a fact. You know, the knowledge of the game, and in fact, you know, you could be ended up like you know coaching the coaches as well. So it's a bit of a you know, not a waste of time, but you know, more energy yes. for you to spend on on explaining exactly what you you're looking for, yes. and it's going to be very difficult. Yes, I agree, and again, really good question. Um, the thing is that I want to, everybody seems to tell me that Indian coaches aren't great and they were telling me Indian players aren't great. But they're all telling me that and I haven't seen them and, I haven't, and, and, and I'm saying, well, all right, so what do I do? I just get loads of staff and loads of players and I don't even go in. I ended up doing a, a reserve game and four of the players who've been released from Punjab, I said, stay around because I'm going to take you to play in the first team next year. And I think that... It's all about opinion. So I think I have to go over and see what we've got. See what we're doing. I've got enough time to do it. I know what my plans are. I know what I'm going to do. I've got no family. I can live it 24-7 when I'm over there. And I can do it. And the first few months might be hard. And they might be stressful. And they might be. And then I'll go. Again, another question I ask myself is, how many assistants are you going to want to go to travel right across the the world, you know, if they've got family or they're close to family or there's anything like that. So I want to go in and I want to give them a chance, you know, some of the Indian coaches. We've got an English under-18 coach who's been over there, a guy called Damien Matthew, who played for Burnley, started as a kid at Chelsea. And um, 
and the guy, the technical director who took me over, um, is a guy called Mick Brown. Both his parents are from Leitrim, uh, but he was brought up in London. And um, he was um, academy director at uh, Spire for eight years. And I met him when I was doing my pro license. So I have backup in that way, Stefan, where I can kind of bounce things off people. But I don't want to walk in. It's amazing, Stefan. It's brilliant. It's, it's weird in ways because I walked in and they're all thinking, oh, that's me gone. I'm getting sacked. All the players are thinking, he's going to think I'm crap. And I've gone in and I've gone, all right, lads. What are we going to do? Here we go. There's a passing drill. Do that there. Let's do this. Let's have a look. And then we'll see how it goes. I'm saying that now. Interview me in a couple of months' time. I'll have less hair. <laughs> my head will be gone. And you go, Stefan, you're right. You're right. But at the moment, that's 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 my thoughts. My thoughts on it, you know. And you plan, you know, when you're going to discover your team, obviously you don't know the players. You may, you may know some of them because you've been there before. But... Obviously, you could have you know, new players coming in, and you you'll be scouting as well for you know a new guys yes. uh, in the squad, and you know you may come with a plan. You know I don't know like you want to play you know in three four three, but you look at your squad and your players say, look, I'm gonna have to change you know you yes. know my plan you know completely like. Yes. So is it something that's going to be you know challenging for you because you come with some like preconcept in terms of tactical you know what you've done before, and you might change drastically based on the players you may have. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, you're on fire tonight, Steph. You got some uh, questions. You will tell you what. I'm Curtis. of them are coaching bus, so that's okay. We can talk about football all night if you that's want. <laughs> well, no, you're all right. You're all right. No, no, but, but, um, but I just, I, I um, you're exactly right there. There's a couple of, there's a couple of shapes I want to play, um, and I have it in my, in my mind. And I was speaking to someone, and they said, "Have you done all your sessions? Have you done this? Have you done that? Have you got this?" And I said. I started and then I thought, I don't know what I'm going to have. You know, I literally don't know what I'm going to have. Um, the biggest thing I would say is I, I think I've got kind of a, I've got a small core that I think I can build around um, that I've given a bit of hope to that they'll get a chance and hopefully they'll be able to step up. So I'm taking a bit of a chance on a couple of them. Um, the others, are, everybody wants to play in the Rasmataz. So and everybody and, and, I'm really trying to change the mentality of a lot of the lads because there's only 11 players can walk out. It's a country of 1.3 billion people, 3, 3 billion people. And there's 10 teams in the USL. So I said to this fullback, I said, come and play with us. Get a year under your belt. Come, be coach, we'll do this. He said, I want to go and play the USL. I said, okay, so there's only 10 right back positions. I says, it's 1.3 billion I says, this is without the people. So what chance have you got to do that? I said, you can sign for them. I said, you can sign for them. I said, and you'll sit with your, with your lovely tracksuit, the lovely name on there, besides your mate, and look at the games because you won't play. I said, why don't you come and just play? Just come and play because they'd rather be associated with an OSL team than say they're playing OI League. And I think for them to grow, they've got to get games. They don't play enough. You know, they don't play enough. They only play 20, 30 games a season anyway, at the most. Where I think to, for them to improve, you learn them, you play 40, 50, 60 games. So I think it's, for me, I'm going to wait now. And the other thing, sorry, Stephen, which is huge, is the economic problems. So I think that when I go back, we'll know where we are financially. But I think there'll be a lot of clubs struggling. And I think we'll be able to afford a few people that think that we can't afford them. 
because I think they'll be looking for us. So I don't want to go crazy buying and, and uh, I've kind of got that in my mind. I think this player is going to be available and uh, maybe I've got to be a little bit brave. Maybe I've got to be a bit brave. I've made some offers. People have said it's not enough or I want to play this, I want to play that and I'll just leave it there. Just leave it there and then go, let's see what happens, mate. And if they don't come back, I may be running around a bit crazy, you know, just signing anybody. But at the moment, it's nice and calm sat here. So that's uh, that's my plan of action. Good questions from Stefan. All right. Sounds like he's uh, looking for a job, maybe. He'll take him over. Take him over. <laughs> <laughs> but if he brings an Elka with him, Mark, he might get a half a chance. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was just going to ask, just listening to you talk about winning mentality and, and people maybe wanting things instantly. Um you were over there a while. How much does cricket loom large? You know, where 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 is football? In, in, in you know, it's it seems a, a battle that's uh, always going to be lost there. Huge battle it is. There's no doubt about it. Um, I saw a few lads, only a couple now playing football on the side of the streets and that and the ball and playing, but most of it's cricket when you're over there and you see it. But the biggest thing all the lads have said to me is that you never used to see a ball. You never used to see a ball. But last season, uh, the OSL was on live every night. So instead of them playing Saturday and, you know, Sunday and that, they played a game Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, took it right through the whole week. So people were getting kind of, uh, you know, battered with it, you know. But it seemed to be, I think the, the viewing figures went up 54%. Um, last season so it's definitely growing and then the argument someone said that to me about cricket and I said okay well what about if we can only get you know 20% of the of the public that are interested in football that's 200 million people <laughs> do you know what I mean so it's like hold on a minute we've got half a chance here do you know so I think we, we're speaking and we're saying it may not be big but I think our viewers the, the audience that we have and the chance of people we have to capture it's huge and there's only one way football's going in India. It's just how quickly it will take. But at some stage, there's no doubt this will be huge. This will be it'll be a big business here because there's too many people and it's starting to bite now and people are getting it and you don't all need you, 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 you get one ball and you can have 50 kids playing. Do you know what I mean? So I think, honestly, that's uh, it's, it's, it's definitely growing. And obviously, you can't generalise too much, but in terms of the the character of the players do you think maybe growing up watching cricket you know especially the way it's gone with the IPL much shorter form um, you know winners winners and losers are pretty clear you know it's uh, it's such a big thing it's you know sharp success India top of the world and um, that all plays into it that maybe you know it's 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 almost in the in the mindset there that everything has to be quick and um you know, the winner winners are all that matter, kind of thing as well. Yeah, I do, I do, Mark. But I, do, I, I, I think India is a country. I think football is a world. If you know what I mean, and that's what I've always thought about it. I think that you know, the, the every advert on the TV, you'll have a couple of Chetri, the small strike from Bangalore, who's been captain, who's been around, and, and a couple of um, a couple of adverts, and then the rest are cricket players. But I think what's happening now is because of social media and, and the exposure people are getting to the world, to, to Real Madrid, to Bayern Munich, to and they see the, the crowds, the ground, the different aspects of it. Everybody's got a team in India. 
Honestly, it's it's amazing. I can't. I've never seen as many Arsenal fans. I don't know how to be all become Arsenal fans, but they're Arsenal fans, loads of them. And um, and and I, I think it's definitely grown. I think the exposure of it. I think Sachin Tendulkar and Ronaldo would be on an even par, if you know what I mean. But I just think that because it's cricket there, it's cricket there. But football is inching in and inching in. And football is huge. Isn't it? Football's huge. It's like every country in the world, every club. If you go to Bolivia, there's no cricket teams. If you go to Brazil, there's no cricket teams. If you go to States, there's no cricket teams. Do you know what I mean? If you play cricket in, in England, you're playing a minority sport. You know, a smaller sport than that. I know they're very famous for it, but you'll see people out kicking the ball here. You won't see anyone with stumps. So I think that it's going again only one way. Maybe... I'm always a half, you know, a glass half full kind of person, but I, I honestly think um, when it catches on, it will go on fire. And I'm just thinking as well, um, I'm thinking back to 2002 and China qualifying for a World Cup, and everyone thought that was going to be, you know, the big moment. Um, since then, there's obviously the, the Super League over there has taken off, but it just shows how how long it can take for, for a country to to develop as a football nation like where where is India at the moment on, on an Asian level I guess well, very very low very low um, I think they're about 101 in the world might be 102 I might be wrong Will Stato stats man there might be able to tell me in a couple of minutes but uh, but I thought you'd have that Will I thought you had to do something I'm disappointed hey, you slacking you're slacking Um 108, 108. 108, thank you very much. I knew, I knew, I knew. You're a bit slow there, but I'll take it. <laughs> but, um, but I think I think what's a, that's what they're doing, Mark. I think there's a big problem over there that they're pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's what Stimac has said. They've, they've played teams, they've played Iran, they've played Qatar, and they've done well, but they haven't been able to score a goal. Uh, previously, they went out with a mentality of not conceding. And it goes back to what Stefan said, that if you're brought up with that kind of mentality, you're walking out and you're kind of... Um, I spoke to a, a guy who did a webinar um, last Friday for us, and his name is Renetti Singh, and he played 72 times for India. And he said, you won one game, he said, against a strong nation. I maybe say it was Iran or something in Asia. And he said, after the game, he said, I touched the ball three times. He said, he said, we just sat back, I did doggies, I did doggies, 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 doggies. We scored a goal, then I did doggies again. And he said, that's the biggest thing that has to change. We walked out expecting to get beat. We weren't saying, come on, we're going to split and play and ask them questions and do, do this and do that. And I think that'll be the, that's what they're trying to implement. But at the end of it, you need to score goals. And I think that's what Stimac is trying to do. He's, he's really got them split into play. He's brought the Croatian model in. And he's, he's brought a few young guys up. Uh, there's a great lad plays with Chinarin, uh, Anaru Tapa, only 22-year-old guy, and he just runs and runs and gives it. And we had him on a webinar as well. And amazing, amazing, because they're so humble. You can't believe he's getting a chance to be coached by Stimac. You can't believe this, you can't believe that. And what, what a secret that is, because you've just got that hunger there already. Yeah, and obviously I'd imagine... Uh you'll play your part as well. If there's only a certain number of clubs there, you're probably likely to run into Igor Stimac and maybe have a chat maybe. with him about what can be done. Yeah, I think so. But I, I think that's what it's got to be. I, I think 
I think you've got to go over. I don't like, I'm going over because I want to be successful. I want to be successful in the right way. Um, and, and I want the, the, the help and, and, and that. And, you know, maybe I'm naive. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe that's just me. But I just think that we can make a difference there. And I would love, I said to a couple of lads, I said, I want to coach in the OSL. But I want to coach in the OSL with you. I want you to be OSL players. And if one of you go on and play for India, that's our job done. Wouldn't it be great? You know, you lift the trophy, it's an hour. But then to see a lad pull a short on, you know, and play for 10 years or something, I think, wow, he made a difference because he literally came from poverty, hit, hit area, nothing. And now he can support, you know, help his family and supply food and do whatever and give him a chance. And I don't want to come across all kind of, you know, St. Curtis and all that sort of stuff. I want to win and I'll work hard and if we win, I'll have a point and, and stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not that sort, but I think we can make a difference um, when we go over and literally it'll just be respecting and uh, Stefan said, just saying, this is the way we need to play. But technically, they need a lot of work. But if you, if you don't give them the chance to play and to make mistakes, they'll never get better. I wish I had it through my career and that's honest that's honest I think it could have been better in, in, in different ways um, there's no doubt about it when I coach that's what I try and do You've been doing tons of interviews all day I know so we won't keep you much longer and you're probably up at 5am tomorrow morning for another Zoom call but um, Not me really... Will I'm just staying here I'm just staying here just throw a quilt over and I'll be grand I'll just do all that and I'll just, I've got no hair to do got no hair to do I could just so if you see the same top tomorrow, you know what's happened. Yeah, I've had a haircut since February, and um, same as you, so, you know. <laughs> but um, it's a really short season there, Curtis. It's only about three and a half, four months of actual action, of actual game time. So how long will you be over there uh, managing? I'll be over there a long time, uh, a lot longer. I think the, the, the what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put a decent pre-season into, into place. They had a... The... It's amazing. They they started the league late over there in the I League last year, and and when the um, fixtures came out, one of the guys said to me, "Oh, that's a tentative fixture list," and I'd never heard of the word tentative as such. Um, and tentative is kind of, oh, well, it might or it mightn't. <laughs> you know, and really, that's what it is. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So, tentatively, it's supposed to start. They've given from August to May. I think this season will be longer. Will. Um, and I want the lads to do maybe last season some teams did a 21 week preseason. 21 weeks. So they had a little break in between it. They had this, they had that. And I thought, okay, so they're all knackered when they get to you. So when I've spoken to the lads, I've given them a kind of a broken up into three phases that amount of time. So I've given them a kind of a downtime phase, a preparation phase, a foundation phase to get ready, and then preseason. And I said to them, when we get the pre-season, I don't want you fit. I said, I'll get you fit. I just want you to get there and feeling okay, feeling fresh, ready to go. You've done your bit of running. You've spoke to the nutritionist. You've spoke to the psychologist. And you've done all those sorts of bits and pieces, you know, and, and that the right thing we need to bring into the game in India. So um, I would hope, or I would say that I'll be there for eight to ten months, probably eight months, nine months, you know, on, on average, because... We'll have a bit of time after the season and we'll see and we'll, we'll, we'll spend a few weeks getting things, you know, sharper or better than that we need. Touch wood that you're still in the job, but um, I think I will be and I'm looking forward to the next couple of years. 
So, I mean, you are the boss now. You're a caretaker at Crystal Palace in the promotion season back in 2012. You've been an assistant at a whole lot of clubs, QPR and Borough and Hartlepool and so on. Um, I suppose the, you know, one of the questions that's been around for the past few years, what are the openings for black managers in football in England? Mm. What have you, you know, that's a, I've been on to a lot of, I've been on, uh, there's been a lot of calls, especially what's going on in, in the country and in the world. Black Lives Matter. I think that when I've been thinking about it, Will, I look and I think, okay, how many black coaches are, are coaching in the top few leagues? Um, out of the 92 clubs, I think there's only six uh, black or mixed race coaches in, in the 92 clubs at the moment. I think I might be wrong, but I'm, I think that's what it is. And um, I think whatever happens, if you look at a percentage of that and the data of that, there's something up. It's either black coaches aren't getting jobs, or black coaches are thinking they're not going to get a job and don't 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 want to go and do it. Um, my biggest argument at the moment is that everybody keeps saying there's no black jobs. Uh, sorry, no jobs for black coaches. My argument about that is if everyone keeps telling that mantra, when you decide at 18 you want to be a black coach, you'll go off and play pool with your mates, or you'll go off. I, I want to be. I want to tell them yes, there will be. There will be a job. You got to dig in. You love the game. We're gonna miss a generation of coaches. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and people who are thinking they can't make it have an effect on it. So I definitely think we'll. I've been lucky enough that um, for the jobs, all the jobs that I've got, I've been asked to go. Um, I've really had to be, go interviews. I've put in for a couple of jobs, and I never got an interview. Um, and my biggest problem with that is transparency. If you don't get a job, why don't teams or, or, or you know, people who interview you have the bottle to tell you why you haven't got it. And if they tell you you're not good enough, no problem. Because you say, okay, how can I make myself good enough? But not even getting into it, into the situation of getting an interview, I think is, is tragic. And I think that's maybe with the Rooney rule coming in, maybe they can. It's brilliant. They brought it into the EFL and they said, oh, yeah, we brought it in. I went, okay, voluntary. Voluntary is like tentative. Isn't it? Because voluntary is like, will I do or I won't? I, I think that it's something that gives, especially the younger coaches, will I think it gives them somewhere to aim for. And what I, what I want to do is I want to, I want to keep telling coaches that you got a chance. I'm going to India. I'm not going to India because it's the only place I'm going to get a job. This opportunity came up for me to get this. But the opportunity I got was because I've done all my badges, I've done my pro license, I've coached for eight years, I've coached Adama Traore, I've coached Wilfred Zaha, I've coached Yanni Balassi, Glenn Murray, I've, I've been with all of these guys and and I, and I know I can do it. So if someone had told me don't do that, there's no chance you'll ever get it. You know, I would have missed all these chances of dealing with some great players. And uh, good, good people, really, first and foremost, but great players in a, in a level that I want to coach in. So I think, yes, there has to be changes, no doubt about it. From the bottom, I think you've got to dive in at the bottom and just blanket it and say, yes, chances for you, there's courses, there you go, what do you want to do, what do you want to do? And then every stage up, you want to see a BME face or someone that we can have an association with. And at the top, we want to see someone that we think may talk like us, and I don't mean a different language. I mean 70-year-old grey-haired guy in a grey suit that has nothing in common with me. That when I'm coming in, I want to do it. They're the people that, 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 that make the decisions. Until you think, you look up at someone that you think will even have a little bit of empathy for you, you don't think you've got a chance anyway. 
So I think literally that's the way that's the way it's got to go. But uh, that's me and my soapbox, and I'll fall asleep here and do another Zoom in the morning. No, it's all welcome. How, how did the job with Punjab come about in the first place, by the way, anyway? It, it came from uh, from Michael Brown, who I'd met um, on the pro license. We, we kept in touch, but not we didn't speak every week or anything. We spoke probably once a year. And um, and when he'd seen that I'd left uh, Middlesbrough and I wasn't there, and he didn't think I would, he thought I'd want to stay here and, um, and, and, and stay in the English game because I'd been at a few clubs and I'd probably, I'd probably would have got a shout again or, or, or something. They were in for jobs, and um, I just spoke to him, and he, and he, he sold it, the project and the idea to me. And um, I got a chance to speak to the owner. He was fantastic, fantastic man. He's he's from a holistic well-being um, background, and that's where he's uh, he's made his money in America. And um, Sonny Singh is his name, and he goes. He started up huge foundations in the Punjab. Um, with people growing their own food in small villages and, and backing the, the, the Round Glass Foundation and stuff. He's opened up the academy to 160 kids. Now they don't have to pay any money, They're educated and, and, and eat and get to play football. And then what they thought was for a football club, where's that pathway going to end? You know, so and I think it has to end at first team level where we're bringing them all the way through. And uh, we will get one through and he'll go all the way and play for India. And if not, when they leave at 18, they'll be educated. A lot of them are from really poverty-stricken backgrounds. They probably haven't got the chance to be at working uh, from a very young age. So he's come in and he's, he's making a real difference and a real change. So, um, but let, let, let's see. Um, let's see how it goes. But as I said to you, the, Mick gave me the show and I thought something totally, totally different. Totally different. <laughs> and... Um, it's great because I just laugh you know you go oh yeah yeah I'm expecting this I'm expecting that and so then when you see things you go whoa you know there's a cow walking across and the bloke you know, you know little tuk tuk and you, you nearly hit the cow and I'm like it's a cow and he's going but you can't touch the cows and you, you think and you think oh well I'm from a rough area Ballybock in Dublin now a rough area you know being brought up tough and then you look and you see there's a little six kids sat around a pot boiling on the side of the road under a tarpaulin but please tell me, you know, cop on to life, Kurt. You know, I mean, cop on to life. You know, you've done okay in your time. So I think it's, uh, it's been a brilliant experience, but uh, totally different. That's tough, all right. Two more questions. We nearly have enough for the autobiography. No, it's interesting, you know, look at, you know, your profile, you know, Curtis, um, you know, walking as a number two now, so it's a chance, you know, to put your stamina team as a number one, making the decision and making the call. So I think it's quite important for you to step up and... Uh, and you know, make a mark, basically. Yeah. Oh, no doubt, Stefan. And I, I think it's it's. People say, "Why didn't you become a number one before? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that?" And I, and I keep saying that maybe this situation didn't come. I could have stayed at Crystal Palace at that time. Um, oversaw a couple of games, and Ian Holloway was coming in. We played two games. Blackburn, it was at home. We beat them, and then we beat Ipswich on the Mick McCarthy on the Tuesday, and everything was great. But I give my word. That I would go with the coach who gave me the chance, and um, and that's how I've been all the way through. So you, you you learn as you go. I should have gone to England. I said to uh, to a friend of mine, I should have gone to England, Stefan, when I was sixteen. I was on loads of trials. I was flying over from Dublin, and I went to trial at Man United and Tottenham and this and that, and it never happened. And I ended up working in a clothes shop. I was twenty two. At twenty two, I ended up getting a chance to come and play in England. 
And if you had said to me at 21, I would play in England and I would play for my country, I would have said no chance. Too late. 27, I got my first cap. Then I played then until I was 37. So I think that it's the right time for me. What's the right time for anybody and what's the right time? The one thing I would say, Stefan, is that I'm at the learning that from everybody I've worked with, I can't be them. I can only be me. So I've got little bits off everybody I've worked with. And luckily enough, you know, I've worked with Nick McCarthy, I've worked with Brian Kerr, I've worked with Steve McLaren, I've worked with Teddy Venables, I've worked with Brian Robson, I've worked with Tony Pulis, Ian Holloway. You know, so many different coaches that have given me little bits and pieces. Trevor Francis at QPR, Ian Dowie, sorry, at Palace. You know what I mean? So there's like 10, 12 decent managers there and I've taken something off them, but I can't be them. I can't be them. So now I'm stepping up and I'm going, right, this is me now. And I'm thinking and I'm hoping and I really believe that I'll do well. Is, is, is he not, you know, fighting in a way because, like, you know, you're on your own, like, really, like, you know. You yeah, know. yeah, hugely, hugely, hugely. But, you know what, I think it's the right time, Stefan. I think it's, it is scary because when going to go over, what happens if you lose the first three games? You know, what happens? You lose the first three games and you think, oh my God, I'm not cut out for this or I'm not that. But I've been in clothes, I've been in dressing rooms, I've spoke with managers, we've spoke with the board when we've lost three games or, or four games and uh, and I kind of know what I want. I know what I want, if you know what I mean, This, you know, going into this. I know what I want. I know I have to adapt. I need a team. I want a team in my kind of, I don't want big time charities, I don't want big hitters, I want a, a team, I may need to get a, a goal scorer, I may need to do this, but I want to give people a bit of hope and, and have a go, and if I'm going to go, I'm going to go fighting. But it, it is scary, Stefan, because I've even had calls now recently, Will, which is which is amazing, it's like, what are we doing pre-season? Where are we going? Do you know what I mean? Do you want them? What colour tracksuit do you want? Do you know what I mean? You know, look, little things, Stefan, you're like, oh, and I'm looking around going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's me. I like blue. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, blue, blue, happy days. Yeah, I don't want the staff and this, I don't want, but it's something I just dived into. And I'm thinking, what an opportunity. I've made the step now. I think the, 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 the hardest part is thinking about it. I think the hardest part, because it's easy enough for me to say no. And no, I don't want to go to India. Why would I want to go to India and you protect yourself? Why do you want to go down? I don't want to, I don't want to go to the National League in England. Why would I want to do that and you're protecting yourself? I'm actually getting a chance and as soon as I said yes, I kind of had this blanket kind of just saying, happy days, here we go, let's have a go and then we'll see what happens. Now, are you missing the commentating then after doing that for so long? Well, you've probably gathered I haven't shut up. So, uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so I've done that. Uh, no, no, well, I don't. It's, it's great. The only thing is I'll probably deal with you with your stats beside me and all that. You know, a few players and stuff. I might start giving you a call. Oh, yeah, there you go. I knocked on, I knocked on the free view the other day and you were commentating on the Polish game. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah, brave new world. Polish football, it's brilliant. Isn't it amazing that my 15-year-old, I'm giving a claim to fame. I, go, I know him. <laughs> See that voice? I know him. I worked with him, and she's going, "Really, Dad? Is he in Poland?" I went, "I doubt it very much, love." But I'm telling you know, now, so yeah. I've missed it a little bit, mate. It's uh, as Stefan probably probably alluded to earlier. There's no pressure, not as much pressure. 
<laughs> sat there talking and uh, I'll get one on my on the touchline. But I haven't, uh, there's plenty of time for that, Will. Plenty of time. Secrets of the trade, definitely. And hey, hopefully we'll be pointing at a TV screen very soon. And hey, we know him. And look, it, it must feel like Christmas week because there's Man City Arsenal, Tottenham Manchester United, football's back in England, the Premier League's back. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And to be fair, I'm looking forward to the noise. Um, sometimes it takes it, it takes missing something and something stopping for a while to appreciate it a little bit more and hopefully people will. Um, but it's brilliant. It's a buzz. As I said, the family probably aren't happy because I won't budge. I'll have, you know, I'll have the sofa and I'll be looking at the, the thing and all that. But we love football. That's what we are. Used, we talk about it. We look at it. We coach it. We do it. So uh, it'll be great. But I think that Liverpool deserve to win it. Um, and I think for them to even win it, if there's no crowd and stuff like that, the way they've played, I've loved the way they've played. I love the way they've come across as a team and a manager. So hopefully they get a chance to lift that trophy. And I think that would have been probably for me, and I'm not a Liverpool fan, that would have been the biggest travesty of the season, I think. Yeah, and that would have been the only pity that, you know, they've waited 30 years. That's that's before you were even playing there. Yes, yes. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Thanks. That was looking well at me, AJ. Cheers, Will. But, um, yes, I know. And I, and I think it's amazing, really, when you think it's been that long for a club that size. Because when, when we played there, you were still on the back foot for, for 90 minutes. You were still getting chased and chasing and some real quality players and stuff. But, um, but I think they really deserve it, don't they? And I think everyone is putting a hold their hands up. And I think they're a joy to watch, which for me, again, promotes football and the way it should be played, you know? Right, Curtis, thank you very much. I know you've done tons of interviews. You were on with Sky for an hour before us. And, hey, we've done about an hour as well. So get some good rest and the very best of luck with Punjab FC for the coming season. Hope it goes brilliantly, mate. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed that. Love talking football. We'll always talk football. I'll speak to you again, no doubt. I might have a trophy and you can say, you said you weren't bothered about it. Yeah, but a real trophy. We'll see. But, uh, thanks, lads. I really enjoyed that. All the best to you. Well, that was a lot of fun. By the way, in my back garden, it's getting very, very cold, which I'm sure won't be a problem for Curtis next season in the I-League. Hope it goes fantastically for him and hope you enjoyed it. Premier League's back this week. So that's it. It's been fantastic talking about all of the different leagues around Europe for the past couple of months, which we will continue to do. Don't worry about that. We have a big special next thing about Turkey, which has just resumed as well. So, as usual, please like, rate and subscribe because... We've got massive egos to be massaged. And um, until next time, thank you very much from Mark Rodden, Stefan Jorni, Dimitri Jula is back next time. And from me, Will Downing, thank you. Goodbye and take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>